2022 is here. This is Rebecca Hornack, your host of Implementation Science for Educators. And the SysUp team is hoping you had a chance to rest and rejuvenate over your break. We're gonna jump into January with a focus on reflection. Reflection on our challenges with implementation, our successes, some advice. And we're gonna do that by sharing with you a number of interviews from our teammates and partners out in the field. So for this episode, Along with myself, we're going to have guest host, Dr. Angela Preston from the North Carolina Department of Education. And we're interviewing Ellen Nasick and Garrett Petrie from the Minnesota Department of Ed, as well as Dr. Ken McIntosh from the Center on PBIS. And Dr. Jennifer Coffey from the Office of Special Education Programs is going to round out the conversation. Listen in, and then next week, you're definitely going to want to jump in because we are going to pick the brains of the team from Michigan. From the CISEP team with the National Implementation Research Network, this is Implementation Science for Educators, your weekly implementation science tip to support your work at the state, regional, district, and building levels. So let's get this conversation kicked off. Angela, um, why don't you get us started? And Ellen, I am so looking forward to hearing what you have to say about your work in Minnesota. We will start our conversation today with some reflection. I would love for you to kind of reflect on the work that you've done using implementation science. And what are you most proud of? Yeah, no, I mean, it was such a nice broad question. And at the same time, kind of the most meaningful. Um, it's, I've, I've been blessed. Um, I, the things I'm most proud of are the opportunities where I've had opportunities like over 10 plus years and some things to do long-term work around with multiple teams over multiple years um, to actually impact some outcomes. Um, you know, I, I think uh, being blessed to work with really good teams and good leaders and, and good organizations. Um, but I, I, I feel sometimes a lot of people like, oh, at the end of your life, you know, did you do anything that made a difference? I feel like, oh yeah, I've got quantitative and qualitative data that says I did that. So you know, I'm gonna go on to like learning to play the banjo. So I think being able to have uh, good information and um, data at different levels to do this makes a difference. So whether it's in something statewide in um, education or um, working across um, sectors in early childhood and public health. I mean, just just the ability for it to um, do that. I, I, again, the other piece would, you know, having this great opportunity to work in urban, suburban, and rural. And I'm just a big fan of, um, you know, work with communities in rural places to do this work well. So, um, what am I most proud of? Oh, that you know, in our um, agency, you know, we have uh, dedicated time, FTE, a position description that's gonna long, you know, outlive me. So I'm, I'm really proud to be working with folks um, that see that value um, and that will outlive me. And um, right now working with to help develop the capacity of others to do what I do. I mean, I could leave today, win the lottery please. Um, and there are four or five people that can just step right in without a beat and, and do it just as well and continue um, to build it. Um, so yeah, I think, 
if there's a term, my colleague, Mary Hunt, who's a Cubs fan, who's also one of these implementation specialist folks uh, and her, um, her quote, I, I take this to heart is like, you know, helping people do simple better. And I, I, I hold that one to my heart around implementation science, so. So being that you're, you're proud that you now have a, a position that will outlive you, maybe kind of um, talk a little bit about how, what it took for that to even become a thing, right? So when this all started, there wasn't a role for this. And now through the work that you all have done and, and that kind of thing, do you think that would be Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I, you know. I guess I would say uh, this. Um. Over over a decade ago, when we partnered with um, CISEP in that phase one piece, um, we were you know we were supposed to have two positions to kind of state transformation specialist to do this work, and um and over the next five years through phase two, it became more related to a particular innovation, um and we had some time tied into this and. Uh, what had usually happened where there were positions selected, but these were positions that there was high turnover because, you know, you're, you're picking people who have some skills and they typically, you know, get pulled in to do other things. So that either means that, well, I just don't have those skills, which I'm not going to say, but, but that there became value in having this kind of work. So now at CISEP 3, which we are, we're not an active state, but we partner, um, that's now part of the infrastructure of what, what, what I do. So, and I would at least say in my role, and, you know, I'm part of a team of folks who do this. So internally, you know, we're working to build our state capacity, our SEA capacity to do this um, uh, and develop that. But um, as importantly, and more importantly um, to me, we have several um, high profile projects that have been going on uh, five, six, seven years now in which our team works with regional teams and develops them in districts and schools around that cascade um, to implement a number of practices um, that are starting to have um, uh, student outcome data as well as implementation data along, along the line, so. Thank you, Ellen, for sharing. I can't imagine a better way to kick off our reflection series than with what you just described um, as your experiences through implementation. So Garrett, I'm wondering, you also work for the Minnesota Department of Education as part of that teaming cascade that Ellen just described. Can you maybe share some thoughts, advice, or reflections for those starting out in implementation? Regardless of the stage or the scale of the initiatives, I just hold these quotes that you'll find on the active implementation hub in mind as your mantras when you're using all five active impl active implementation frameworks. The first one is it's important to start with the end in mind. So the precisely defined outcomes can really anchor those partnerships when challenges occur. In Minnesota, that's our North Star. And get local, get started, get better and measure. So go through those stages in the partnerships so that you can be more successful with scaling up and scaling out. The second piece would be that quote, sustainability planning and activities need to be an active component of every stage. Because we found that when teams have access to their own practice and implementation data, their ability to action plan and improve is outstanding. And that's the key to sustainability. That leads us to the third mantra, which is to use measures of success identified by your program developer or purveyor that you selected from following the hexagon tool process. So that quote to remember is without a fidelity assessment, leaders and implementation teams have no idea where to direct their improvement efforts. So trust them, 
follow their practices and guidance developed to measure incremental progress and inform action planning in those areas of fidelity and capacity. So thanks to the system center and for NERN being such a great example of that kind of a partner and program developer. Hey, thanks for the shout out, Garrett. Those were some excellent quotes. Now I'm wondering though, upon reflection, can you share what you feel has been the definitive or, or explicit moment for you in the implementation process? I think feelings from those who we partner with that a thought, concern, or discussion expressed by the people that we support and do that applied work with in a moment, like a meeting or in an email is either gonna like derail the entire effort or be the most important thing that happened to get to the better outcomes together. And it's important, uh, uh, an idea to lean back in those moments and then lean in when the discussions are centered around the time spent in an implementation team meeting, discussing implementation and outcomes that have been defined and are measurable and developed in your formula for success. And real quick, could you kind of tell us a little bit about what Minnesota is focusing on or what your evidence-based practice is? Yes, uh, in our department, there's a few that we're working in partnership. We do school-wide positive behavioral interventions and supports. So we've had 16 cohorts that have been through the two-year training and have been sustaining that implementation effort. And then within that, we've been partnering with districts um, to do some of the work around specific outcomes, like increasing equitable outcomes for students with a variety of backgrounds like race, ethnicity, and then also for students with disabilities. The other piece is a partnership with four district partners that we've had to use Check and Connect that they have selected all four partner districts in Minnesota to increase the education outcomes of Black and American Indian students with disabilities in six-year graduation rates. Thank you for sharing, Garrett, because I really appreciated how you provided an example that could have been a potential barrier in regards to that really important moment during the implementation process. Now, Kent, you're joining us from the Center on PBIS, and I'm wondering if you wanted to add to some potential challenges that educators may face when tackling implementation. You know, I think the hardest thing uh, in the work with implementation science, but really kind of education in general, is the sheer volume of new ideas and new things and kind of bright, shiny objects that are being tossed into educators' laps on a regular basis. Uh, and I think it's really tempting, you know, um, us educators are really optimistic. So there's this idea of, oh, something is new. That must be the missing piece that is going to help me get this kid to be able to read fluently, or that's going to help me uh, be able to support this kid or build a relationship, you know, really strongly with them in this like three-step process or something like that. Uh, and that leads us to, um, uh, uh, this sort of idea of pursuing novelty instead of effectiveness. Uh, a lot of times the initiatives that are picked or the innovations, um, you know, or school just interventions or programs uh, are picked often, you know, because maybe a director of curriculum went to a conference and saw like a charismatic presenter and then all of a sudden that's what we're doing uh instead of really kind of slowing down and saying you know how, how does this work for us how does this fit with our context thank you kent yeah that is such a common issue that we see in education and one of a really 
valid and purposeful reason to look at implementation science in the in the work that we're doing. So Jennifer, you come to the conversation today with a lot of knowledge and experience around implementation. And Angela, feel free to chime in, but I am wondering, do you have additional thoughts or want to share your own personal experience with implementation with the rest of the group? Implementation science and education. Um, unfortunately, you know, in, in behavioral sciences, you always want to start with the positive, what you want. But I, in this case, have to start with um, experiencing a non-example when it came to implementation science. And so I was a teacher um, long, long ago at this point, um, more than 25 years ago. And what I experienced was we, we would receive, this is just one example, but we'd receive a new curriculum every three years, whether we wanted it or not. And we would receive no training no coaching, nothing. You're just given the books and, and go forth and prosper. Good luck, luck to you. Um, and so I, I certainly realized the lack of competency supports um, during that time. No, nobody to build our competencies. And then when we did have trainings, you know, they were offsite somewhere, um, typically all day long. And um, great trainings. You know, like I always use the example, Anita Archer came our way. Anita Archer is fantastic. Fantastic. But an Anita Archer workshop with no coaching or anything afterwards, I just, I ended up feeling like a failure on a regular basis because I couldn't implement, you know, what I was learning. I was like, I want to implement that and just didn't have the supports to do so. And so my first experiences were just feeling that lack, feeling that need, which, you know, didn't know about implementation science at the time, but later on realized that's what we needed. Yeah, well, and I bet it was a pretty aha moment, especially with some of the greats like Anita Archer being the one leading the work, how how well it could have been supported beyond that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, what, what advice would you give someone just starting to embed implementation science in their work? Uh, my advice would be, be prepared for the long haul. So, you know, be, to be prepared for the long haul, you, you're going to have to celebrate some um, small wins, some successes that aren't necessarily child student outcomes, but um, but are about your systemic work. So be prepared to you know to celebrate the small victories, to stay on track even when you've got some big challenges, um, because in the end the work is very very rewarding but it's gonna take some time and it's gonna take um, essentially some challenging conversations and interactions. I think anything that's really, really that worthwhile, that's deep work is, you know, it's long run kind of work. And, and that's hard, and it's especially hard in education because we have students right now that, you know, not, not necessarily during COVID, but generally they're pulling up every day, you know, to the, to the early childhood program, to the school, and they need services. And so you want to work quick and you want to do things. And so this longer term work combined with the urgency of now is can be a, a tough combination. So be prepared for that. That is excellent advice and definitely something that has been um, seen and noticed across all different areas of the work in education. 
Angela Preston and I had the amazing opportunity to interview experts in the field. And what we did is we utilized these conversations for not only this podcast, but also for the SysEp YouTube channel. So if you want to learn more about competency drivers, if you want to learn more about initial implementation, you're going to want to jump on over and check out the full interviews on our YouTube channel. The link will be in the podcast description. In addition to that, we're going to continue down our conversations upon reflecting on your implementation journey. Two resources for you. We have our January January Eno out that we will post a link to as well. And then there's also the blog. So SysEp's blog is reflecting on your implementation journey utilizing the active implementation formula. Both links will be in the podcast description. And then finally, you're going to want to come back and listen next week. We will be interviewing members from the Michigan Department of Education as well as the Michigan MTSS Technical Assistance Center on their journey with implementation and some thoughts and advice for you.